Great. Well, um, another warm welcome to you to church uh, this morning. Um, just to say, I, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling the pressure. I uh, have already been swapped out and replaced, which is, which is lovely. It's really good. Um, but as well, I don't know if you've noticed, it's not just uh, the guys up here doing all the music, but as well the tech this morning is also covered by uh, the Narnian. So I think those guys need a clap as well. Well done for keeping us uh, going. I heard um, a story this week. Some of you may have heard the story yesterday. I apologize for that. Um, But I heard a story about an Oxford professor, a typical kind of Oxford uh, don, and one morning he wakes up in the morning, he's about to go into work, and his wife says to him as he leaves the house, darling, remember we're moving house today. Yes, yes, yes. Remember, I said you can go to work as long as you remember we're moving house. Don't come back here go to the news house after work. Yes, darling, no problem. So off the Oxford professor goes, goes to work, goes into the library, gets into his books, gets lost in his books and his thoughts and his lecturing, comes to the end of the day, he walks back to his old house, tries to get the key through the door, the door doesn't open, looks through the window, all the furniture's gone, all the family's gone, worse still, all of his books have gone, He doesn't know what to do. He's completely confused. And he sees this little boy standing outside. So he goes up to the little boy. He says, excuse me, do you know where the family who used to live here have gone? And the little boy says, yes, dad, mum sent me to get you. (laughs) Now, I wonder, how do you view God? I I wonder whether some of us view God like that absent-minded professor so busy, so taken up with everything that's happening in the world that, yes, he's your father, but whether he can remember your name and what's happening in your life is something else. Um, Over the years, people have sometimes believed in what we call the blind watchmaker, that, that God has kind of created this world and he's wound the watch up and then he just lets the world go on. He forgets about it. He's kind of hands off. He's doing busy things elsewhere. I wonder if you feel like that today. Maybe you're not yet a Christian and you think, do you know what? God isn't interested in my life. Or maybe you are a Christian, but you think that the thing you're going through at the moment is just not important to God because surely he's got bigger and better things to deal with. Well, our verses this morning deal with this. We've had it sung to us. It's from Numbers. It's going to come up on the screen for you as well um, over here. And, and once a month, on this first Sunday of the month, we tend to do what we call the big texts. So instead of doing a big passage, I tend to go to one verse of the Bible, and I say, this is the big text. Um, so today, I brought my first mobile phone. They used to be really big back in the day. Here is my uh, first mobile phone. Um, do, do people remember these? I used to love these uh, mobile phones. Um, And so I want you to imagine today that God is sending you a text message. God is sending you a message. It's something that he wants to say to you today. And the text message, instead of just being at one verse, is actually this amazing prayer from the Old Testament. So let me walk through um, the prayer for you. And as we go through, you need a a bit of context. So this prayer was written I'm going to say about 3,000 years ago. So it comes up in the Old Testament, okay? So it's over 3,000 years old. It was prayed in the Old Testament. But in the Bible, the New Testament, 2,000 years ago, transforms this prayer. We're going to see how actually this prayer, this blessing, through the New Testament, finds a power that perhaps people didn't realize. But more than that, I think that today... 
right now in heaven, Jesus is praying this prayer. So I think right now, this is actually the heart of God towards people like you or me. Now, that may be a bit deep for you, so I'll come back to it. So let's have a look at it, okay? Let me tell you a few things. Now, firstly, I want you to notice who says the blessing. Now, we've been blessed by the Narnians this morning. I I completely believe that. It's been wonderful. But this is sometimes called the um, Aaronic blessing, the blessing of Aaron. So when you look at it, you can see there it says that Aaron is the one who's meant to bless. But he doesn't say it originally. If you look at verse 22, it's Moses. Moses tells Aaron. But then if you look further back to the start of the verse, it says, The Lord said to Moses, So actually, this isn't a blessing that Aaron came up with. This isn't a blessing that Moses came up with. This is a blessing that God has come up with. This is the Lord's, which means what I'm about to tell you isn't wishful thinking. It isn't someone trying to come up with what they wish God would say. It isn't someone coming up with, wouldn't this be a lovely, nice, encouraging thing to say? No, these are the very words of God. Now, has anybody yet, you're all too old, I know you haven't done this, has anybody yet written their Christmas list? Ah, oh, some of you have written your Christmas lists. Some of you have written your Christmas lists. Wouldn't it be wonderful? Here's something to try when, uh, when you go home this afternoon. Um, when one of your parents or grandparents are having an afternoon nap, what you do is you write your Christmas list of everything that you want, then you take your piece of paper, you fold it over, And then you wake up your parent or grandparent, and when they're still in a bit of a stupor, you get them to sign the bottom of the sheet of paper. Don't show them what's on it. Sign it. Then you open it up and go, ha-ha, I will get a new Xbox and TV, and I will go on a Caribbean cruise. You have signed the paper. But actually, that's not how this blessing works. This isn't something that we have written, and then we just want God to, to kind of sign it and hope, hope that he answers it. Actually, these are the very words of uh, God. And it says, it's a prayer for a blessing. The word bless comes up in it. The Lord bless you and keep you. And it says right at the end, verse 27, and I will bless you. I want you to notice, does Aaron bless them? No. Does Moses bless them? No. It's the Lord who blesses them. It's really important to see this. The blessing is a promise of a blessing from God. So the word, the Lord, comes up three times in the blessing. Verse 24, the Lord bless you. Verse 25, the Lord make his face shine on you. Verse 26, the Lord turn his face to you. And the conclusion, and I, says the Lord, will bless you. This is wonderful. This is a prayer for God to bless us to make his face to shine upon us. So God is doing it, which means that this prayer isn't based on how powerful Aaron is or Moses is. It's all based on how powerful God is. So let's go back to that Christmas list. Imagine your parent or your grandparent sits you down and they write the list with you and they say, yeah, I would love for you to have those gifts. Do you know what? I think that's brilliant. I never had any of those things when I was your age. Do you know what? Whatever you want, put it down on the list, and I will willingly sign my name. Who would like to be in that situation? Wouldn't that be awesome? Do you know what? Parents and grandparents 
We can promise anything and everything, but whether we deliver on the promise <laughs> is something different. I mean, take whatever, I don't know what the biggest toy is this year. All I know is, sorry to break the news, all of the toys for Christmas are stuck in containers in China. <laughs> and until Andrew Ward goes back to work, none of us are getting anything. So this is the problem. When it comes to getting these things, A, can the person afford it, but B, even if they can afford it, have they got the way of getting it? Have they got the way of getting it? Each Christmas, a parent might look online and think, yeah, I can afford that new games console, but if it's sold out, you can have all the money in the world, you can't get it. The amazing thing about this promise is, because God makes the promise, he is, and I'll, I'll give you two theological terms, can I do this? Because Narnians, you're very clever. He is the uncreated one. So that is no one created God, which means God is the most powerful because he is the creator. Everything we have has been created by God. So not only does he promise us something, he actually has the power to deliver on his promise. This is the wonderful thing about this blessing. This isn't from us, this is from God. And God can deliver anything and everything he promises. And so you see, this goes to Aaron. Aaron was the high priest. In the Old Testament, the high priest represented the people to God. Went to God on the people's behalf and said, listen to the people. But actually, Aaron was a picture. He was a preparation. He was the high priest. But the New Testament tells us that there is a great high priest, that Aaron was a picture and preparation for Jesus, the ultimate high priest, and that actually he comes and presents us to God. And so actually this is a prayer that Jesus now prays. You see, Jesus came and he lived the perfect life we could never live. That's the wonderful thing. You see, Aaron and the other high priests, when they went and gave sacrifices for us, they had to give sacrifices for themselves because they weren't perfect. And even the sacrifices they gave weren't perfect because they kept having to have to go back and do more sacrifices and more sacrifices. But Jesus, because he was perfect and never sinned, when he went and gave his sacrifice, dying on the cross, it was completely efficient, sufficient. It was powerful enough. And so now Jesus has died but risen from the dead and more than that ascended to heaven, which means today in heaven Jesus is there sitting and Jesus is praying for us. If you're a believer this morning, Jesus is praying for you this morning and I believe that this is one of the prayers that Jesus prays for you. This is one of the heartbeats of Jesus um, for us. So let's have a look at it. We'll go through it very, very quickly in the last couple of minutes. And um, I love this blessing. And I want to show you a way of reading this blessing. You can go off and think about this over lunch. Um, have a big lunch so you fall asleep and the kids can get you to sign Christmas lists. But I want to walk through it in, in a way that understands the whole revelation of the Bible. So I want to walk, walk through it in what I'm going to call a Trinitarian reading. Okay? So have a look at this. The first thing in the blessing is this, that the Father would bless you and keep you. It's wonderful, isn't it? That we have a heavenly Father who wants to bless us and keep us. He wants to protect us. And he has the power to do it. We have a heavenly Father who cares for us. That was uh, Noah's story 
ultimately, no matter how safe I want to keep Noah, he got in the garage and he got to the white spirits. But thankfully, they were safety uh, white spirits for children so that he didn't die, which is very good, Noah. Um, But you know, the father has his eyes on us at all times. Do you know, there's a blessing here that the father wants to bless you and keep you. You know, if you're struggling this morning, or if you don't feel safe this morning, God in heaven wants to bless you and keep you. Even in the storms of life, he wants to bless and keep you. I bought uh, this week a copy of one of Jeremy Thomas's pictures of Jesus in the storm. And I look at it at my desk and realize, yes, Jesus can calm the storm, but I like the picture because Jesus is in the storm. And I love that. You see all the disciples on their knees around him. They're scared stiff, but Jesus is with them. Do you know the Father wants to bless us and keep us? And Jesus wants to make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. Do you know, how do you see the face of God? How do you see the face of God? You see the face of God in Christ. If you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. The way we know the face and smile of God is through Jesus, and it's all by grace. Because we have this great high priest who has lived for us and died for us, it means that we can know God and we can see his face in Christ. You know, one of the frustrations today with all of your masks, you're all lovely people, but I have no idea if you're interested or bored. The great thing with the Narnians, I can see they're yawning. I know exactly where I stand. So I'm like, get on with it, John, get on with it. But hasn't that been one of the difficult things the last 18 months? Not seeing each other's faces. It's so hard. I watched a video this week of an experiment. It's a very famous um, experiment in child development um, where uh, mothers put the babies down and then they refuse to, to make any facial recognition. They just stare at the baby. Uh, I was going to show it, but we decided it was too, too difficult to watch. Once the baby realizes there's no response from the face, the baby just gets completely upset. It's so hard. But you know, in Christ, we see the face of God. And in Christ, it is a smile. The wonderful thing is God isn't like the professor who is just so busy doing things he can't remember who his son is. No, no, this is the father who sent the son to die for us. And we know now that his face is a smile because Jesus has lived and died in our place. And the third part of it is this. So the father will bless you and keep you. Jesus will make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. And I love this, the spirit will turn his face toward you and give you peace. It's lovely, isn't it? This isn't all external. This is internal. You know, when you become a Christian, the Holy Spirit comes to live in you and he gives you peace. That's the wonderful thing, isn't it? When someone smiles at you, it affects you on the inside. Um, This year, we're going to start watching Christmas films. Has anybody started watching Christmas films yet? (gasps) Oh! Well done. I love Christmas films. Now, my favourite Christmas film is Elf. You know it. I say it every year. Elf is my favourite Christmas film. And one of my favourite scenes is when Elf 
uh, meets this beautiful woman and falls in love. And he can't understand what's going on. And so he talks about the fact that his tongue is swelling up and that he gets this lovely warm feeling on the inside. It's a beautiful scene. But do you know when someone smiles at you, it affects you. There's another YouTube video, sorry for watching so many YouTube videos, which is uh, where they've gone into a city centre and uh, they stop random people and they stop random people, they make them stand in front of a camera, they don't realise they're filming, they think they're about to take a photo and then they say, we're just going to take a photo of you and as they're about to do it, they say to the person, you're very beautiful and you see this smile on their face and there's this moment of kind of, wow, it affects them on the inside. How much more God saying to us, I am your father, you are my child, I love you, I love you. In Christ you see the smile of God, his face is shining upon you, and through the Spirit you can know his peace. That's probably the best part about Christmas, isn't it? Is seeing the smiles, is the love. And so this is what God wants for us. So do you want a heavenly father who will bless you and keep you? Do you want a Christ who will shine his face upon you and be gracious to you? Do you want the Spirit to turn his face to you and give you peace? Well, this blessing is for everyone. This can be true of anyone. How can you have all this? Well, it's a text message, isn't it? It's a text. So what do you have to do if a message comes through? You need to accept it. That's it. This is on offer to everyone. No matter who you are, how young, how old, how good or bad you think you are, do you know what? The Father wants to bless you and keep you. The Son wants to make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Spirit wants to shine his face upon you and give you peace. And the way we do it is by saying yes. We pick up the gospel and we say, this is for me. Jesus has lived and died for me. I want to know your smile based on Jesus, not on me. And he gives it to you. And I think, uh, in the words of Isaac, I think, Isaac, one of the best, Isaac, one of the best things we can do is take this text message and one of the best things you can do, what you do when you have a really good text message or WhatsApp message, you forward it. You pass it on. And Christians, this is one of the best things we can do is pass this message of the gospel on.